What a blessing it is to be in the house of God. And I want to announce to you, I'm excited to announce to you today that today is the first Sunday of our new church here. So guys, I want to say Happy New Year to all y'all. Y'all supposed to say it back. Happy New Year, right? Because the physical year uh, that we all celebrate, you know, it starts in January, like the first day of January, and that's the new physical year. But not at our church. Our church year starts the first Sunday in the month of June. And we do that every every uh, June. We start a new church year. And man, I just want to thank God for what he's done the last year. I want to thank you, Father, for all the souls that have been saved and lives have been changed. And I want to thank you, God, for blessing this church. I want to thank you, God, for an active altar and lives that have been touched and people that have made decisions. And I, I dare not go into a new year without, first of all, giving God praise for what he'd done the last church year. Can we just give him praise for that, guys? We're a blessed church, amen? And I thank God for that. And every Sunday, every, every June, we start off with a new church theme, y'all. Uh, we pray about it. We seek the God. We get after it. We really want to know, God, where do you want us to go this year? And as we sought out the Lord and we sought out direction for God this year, uh, we felt very confident that God gave us a church theme that is powerful this year. And the church theme is called the power of, say it, guys, red. Now, I want you to circle that word red in your bulletin because red is a distinguished color, obviously, off the color chart. And when I began to study on the subject of the color red, I discovered a lot of things. For example, the color red sends a, it's a message of authority. It's a message of power, but it also is a message of intimacy. And when I looked at all that and I started thinking about it, I thought, wow, you know what? This red thing's a big deal that God has birthed in our heart. And so when we think about that, I want you to know that the power of red is not about authority. It's not about all that stuff, it's, it's, but it's about the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of our sins. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And we thank God for the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, what greater theme could we have this year than talking about the blood of Jesus? How many of you know, without the blood of Jesus, all of us would still be in our bondage, and all of us would still be captive to the enemy. But the power of the blood of Jesus has set us free. Can I get an amen? And because of that, I thank God for that. So I want you to circle the word power and the word red, because there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? And I also want to tell y'all, uh, for all of you that are listening and all of you that are here, that we want to give every single one of you, are y'all ready for this? This is a great thing I'm about to tell you, so you've got to pay attention to this. Today, uh, we're going to give all of you a gift before you leave. So everybody's going to get a gift today. Are y'all excited about that? Like, yay? Uh, we're going to give you a gift today. Now, it's not going to be like in a big package, but it is going to be in a baggie like this. So all of you will get a gift before you leave today. So there's going to be beautiful people that's going to be in every door today. And before you leave, we want you to pick up your gift. And, and we're excited about that. Before I tell you a little bit about the gift, I want to say that, um, that there are people that have spent a lot of time this week stuffing these bags, okay? And, and I know that there's people that came here and they've done that and they put a lot of hours into this thing, stuffing this bag. And so guys, y'all got to at least let them know you appreciate them doing that. Come on, guys. Uh, we can do that today. Now... 
I want to tell you, in this bag, there's a bracelet for you. Now, now this bracelet is very cool. It's a red bracelet, and it's got on there engraved the power of red. And man, this is better than a, than a big carrot diamond bracelet, so that's going to be in there for you. So you got a bracelet. Also, there's this little dot uh, that, that I've got. I've got one on my glasses. It's a little dot that you can stick on your glasses, or you can put it on your watch or whatever, your cell phone. And, and I've, I've had this one on my glasses glasses for a long time and I can't tell you how many people have walked up to me and said brother Jack you've got something on your glasses trying to scratch my dot off if you see my dot don't scratch my don't scratch my dot off my glasses guys it's there for a reason and so we got that dot for you then we got this uh, magnetic dot and guys this is not a sticker okay so I know what some of you are thinking I ain't gonna put that sticker on my car it is a magnetic dot and so what you do is you take this red dot and you put it on your car, okay, so that everybody will know what this is all about. So guys, y'all put that, that magnet on your, on your car. And, and I'm going to tell you it works because, I'm going I'm to tell you it works because I, get, I got to do this to a state trooper the other, not long ago. The state trooper pulled me over on the interstate because I was speeding a little bit, just a little bit, not much. And, and he pulled me over. And uh, when he pulled me over, he, you know, he kind of came up the car and, he, and, and we talk for a minute as he was getting my driver's license and all my personal information and my blood type and all that stuff and he said hey what's that red dot for on your car and he said I see these red dots everywhere and I said well you know what the red dot reminds me I'm the preacher y'all I'm the preacher guy I just got pulled over by a state trooper for speeding and now I got a witness to this guy because he asked me about this dot he said what's that dot for and I said well you know it reminds Reminds me of the blood of Jesus that he shed for me and it reminds me of the blood of Jesus that he shed for you sir and now that you've asked me about my red dot now that I've told you that the red dot represents the blood of Jesus for and that he shed for me and he shed his blood for you sir do you know him as your personal savior and he smiled at me and said yes I do and here's your ticket sir it didn't bother him a lick but but I want y'all to know that that the red dot represents three things okay it represents the blood that Jesus shed for you the blood that it shed for everybody else and, and and when people asked you about the red dot, you're supposed to say, do you know him as your savior? So this gives you a great witnessing tool, and that's going to be in your bag. And then we got one more thing in your bag. It's a little bless you card. So what you do is you go in a restaurant, and uh, somebody is in the restaurant, and you see them sitting over there, and you go to the waitress, hey, come here a minute. And they come over there, and you give them this card, and you say, hey, you see that couple over there? Or you see that person over there? Uh, we want to pick up their towel today, and, and will you bring us their check, and will you take this card and give it to them? Don't tell them who did it, but you give them that card. It's called the Bless Me card. And so you get to do that, and it tells them about uh, what church you go to and what the blood means and all that kind of stuff. So y'all get a gift today. Are y'all happy? Yay. That's good, right? On. Praise the Lord for that. Today, when we think about the power of red, I want you to know that it centers around the Jesus and his blood. And we've been, we're going to be talking about this power of red for quite some time. So today, would you open your Bible to the book of Revelation? The book of Revelation, we understand that as we look there, before we dig in, 
I want to let you know that the book of Revelation, the word revelation means to unveil or to uncover. So when you open your Bible to the book of Revelation, it's not a message that is hid from us, but it is a message through John on the Isle of Patmos that God has given us so that we can understand. Now, when you open your Bible to the book of Revelation, you immediately see in the beginning, before we look at our scripture verse, you'll immediately recognize that in Revelation chapter 1, John on the Isle of Patmos writes these profound words, and he says, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So when we open our Bible up to the book of Revelation, we begin to realize that John's assignment on the Isle of Patmos is not to write a message about John, but to write a message about Jesus. So the whole book of Revelation is to reveal or to uncover who Jesus is and what his passage and what his assignment was when he came to this earth. So when we begin to look in the Word of God, we begin to see that, first of all, Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. Everybody say that with me. What? Jesus is the faithful witness. Now, before we read the Scripture, I want to focus on just that thought for just a moment. Witness. Now, when I looked in the dictionary definition of the word witness, it means a testimony or a fact of an event, one that gives evidence, one who testifies in a court to present facts. And notice in the scriptures, or notice in the title, Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. In other words, he is the one person that no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your assignment is in life at this moment, Jesus Christ is the one person that you can depend on. He is the only trustworthy witness. We all know people that you can't depend on. We all know people that stretches the facts. We all know people that stretches the truth, but not when it comes to Jesus Christ. No matter who you are or what's going on in your life, if you want the truth, all you've got to do is turn to Jesus. Can I get an amen? He's the one person that's going to be the faithful witness. So if you're on the journey of life and you're looking for answers and you're seeking after answers and you're wondering what about life? What about the purpose of life? The plan of life? The, the purpose of my life? When you're looking at your life and you're going who can give me an answer? I've got a million different questions. My mind is going in a million different directions, and I feel confused a lot of times. And you, you'll look over here at this church and over here at this religion, and you seek this out, and you're trying to find the, the meaning of life. And maybe you're like myself. At one time in my life, I, I was on this journey, and I was seeking for truth, and I wanted somebody to give me an answer. And all of a sudden, through the Spirit of God, God revealed to me that there is one that I could truly count on and that is Jesus Christ when everybody else walks away when everybody else lies when everybody else colors the truth when everybody else gives a half answer when everybody else will lead you astray when everybody else gives the answer based off their perception of their reality when you cut through all that there is one person and only one person that every single one of us can count on that is Jesus Christ can I get an amen he is the one person that is faithful. Everybody say, Jesus is faithful. Jesus is faithful. Let's say it like we mean it, everybody. Jesus is faithful. He is the faithful witness. So when we open the Bible up, we begin to look there in Revelation chapter 1, and we find that John on the Isle of Patmos says something to us in verse number 5. He says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the what, everybody? Faithful witness. And he was the first begotten of the dead. 
and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that what, say this with me everybody, that loved us and what? Washed us from our sins in his own blood. And because he's done that, because he is the faithful witness, because he is the first begotten of the dead, because he is the prince of the kings of the earth, because he loves us, and because he has washed us from our sins in his own blood, because of that, watch this in verse number six, he has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. Read the last part with me like you're, like you're Baptocostal. Are you ready? To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And the church said what? Amen. Amen. How many of you are tired of living the defeated life? How many of you are tired of being beat down by the enemy? How many of you are tired of the devil lying to you? How many of you are tired of, of the church being weak? I'm tired of all that. How many of you understand this? That we have victory because of Jesus. We're not, we're not the tail, we're the head. We're not behind, we're ahead. We're not the losers, we're the winners. We're not defeated, we are victorious. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. Can I get an amen? But you know what the devil wants to do? He wants to convince you that there's no victory in your life. And I believe that with all my heart, church, listen to me. I believe that today, more than ever before, we need to rise up as the army of God. We need to raise the blood-stained banner over the enemy. We need to declare to him that we are more than conquerors. We are victorious. We have won. Can I get an amen? And I believe that there's too many believers that are being beat down. So when I look at this and I begin to look at how God has led us, and I begin to look at the scripture, God gave me four or five messages right in this passage of scripture. And if you don't come to every one of them, if you, if you don't come to all of them and listen to this, you're probably going to go to heaven defected because you're not going to be whole. You've got to come and listen to all these sermons because we're going to take each one of them and we're going to learn what God says to us so that we can live the victorious life. So that we can, we can live in the, in the place that God wants us to like kings and priests. And we are more than conquerors. And I want you to look at verse number 6. And I want you to read verse number 6 with me. Are you ready? He's made us what, church? Boy, y'all didn't sound like a bunch of kings right then. Are you ready? He's made us what, church? Kings and priests unto God and the Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Can I get an Amen. How many of y'all believe that today? He's made you kings and priests, guys. He's made you kings and priests. I want to tell you, I want to learn about that. I want to know how that, how that becomes operative in my life. I want to be able to incorporate that in my life and go, you know what? I, I'm not going to live the defeated life no more. I'm not going to live like I'm defeated anymore. I'm going to live like a king and a priest, man, unto God. And, and the Bible says he's done that. So I want you to open your Bible now to the book of Hebrews. Over to the book of Hebrews. Just flip over there. And you're going to have to have a lot of scripture verses today. Are you ready to learn? Say amen. amen. The Bible says that God who at sun-dry times. Now the word sun-dry means many times or various times. And in divers manners or in many ways spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. But has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So the Bible's saying that God, if you'll notice in verse number one, it's God that done this. Not the Baptist, not the Methodist, not denominationalism, none of that stuff, but God. In times past and in a lot of different ways, he spoke by the, to the fathers by his prophets. But now he has a word for us. 
And the word that he has for us is not second-handed, is not through prophets of old, but he's spoken unto us by his son. And he has appointed him heir of all things by whom also he's made the worlds. That's a pretty big deal, y'all. That God right now speaks to us through his son, Jesus. When I thought about that, I went back to the book of Revelation. I thought, man, how awesome that is. How awesome that is. That God doesn't give us a second-hand message. The message that God gives you, the church, you, the church, is not a second-hand message. It's a message directly from him through his son. The Bible says he has appointed him to be heir of all things, and he created all the things. In other words, in other words we have the number one representative of God right here with us, and that is his son, Jesus Christ. Folks, our churches is not about all this other stuff. It ought to be about Jesus all the time. And so what we want to find out today is that if he is a faithful witness, what is he a faithful witness of? So let's look at point number one. Are you ready? Say amen. There are five things I want you to write down today. There are five things I want you to walk out of here with today that I believe will radically change your life. And that is this. Jesus Christ is the faithful witness to the wonder of who God is. And I don't know about you, but when I think about God, he's bigger than me. He's awesome. Can I get an amen? When I try to wrap my mind, and I don't know about you guys, maybe you guys are a lot smarter than I am, but when I try to wrap my mind around who God is, man, I, I can't comprehend that. I can't comprehend. Can you imagine mortal man trying to describe an immortal God? Can you, try to, can you imagine the natural trying to describe the supernatural? Can you imagine us trying to come together and go, hey, I want to show you who God is. There's no way we could do that. So what does God do? He delivers his son Jesus to just demonstrate to us how awesome God is. So I want you to open your Bible to the book of John chapter 1. Are you with me? John chapter 1. Now you're going to have to look here. Because there's a lot of things you need to know about this. John chapter 1, John tells us in chapter 1 and verse number 18, this is what he says. No man has seen God when? At any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him to us. Now I want you to think about this for a minute. There are people that have said to me, man, you know what, Brother Jack? And I go, what? And they go, God showed up in my room last night. I'm thinking, wow, Really? Now, I don't know about this, but I do know that God says no man, has seen, no, man, no man has seen God at any time. It might be that pizza you ate that night or something like that. But I'm going to tell you this, and I believe this with all my heart. There is no way in this world that mortal man can stand in the presence of a holy God. I, I just don't think that, that, I believe if we were to get in the presence of God and see God, I believe we'd just die. I believe we'd just die. So the Bible says that God, nobody's seen God at any time. Even Moses, when he said, God, I want to see you. God wouldn't let Moses see his face. He only saw his backside. So we have to realize then that when people go, oh, yeah, I see God here. I've seen God there. My friend, the Bible says that the only way we've seen God is through his son, Jesus. And it's in Jesus that Jesus has declared how awesome God is. Do you understand? 
So when we think about if our heart, if our heart gets set on God, I want to see you, God. I want to know you, God. I want you in my life, God. I want to know your presence, God. I want to know who you are, God. Then if you're really on that pursuit to find God, you're going to have to find him through Jesus. There's no other way to do that. Because Jesus declares how awesome and how wonderful our God is. So when you look at the next verse, it's amazing to me what what the, the writer of John says in John chapter 10 and verse number 38. He says, I and my Father are what? One. And then he says, Jesus says in verse number 38 of chapter 10, he says, but if you do... But if I do through you, believe me, though you believe me not, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I'm in him. And then in John chapter 14, if you'll just keep flipping, you'll find that in John chapter 14 and verse number 8 and 9, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it suffices us. And Jesus said to him, how, have I been with you so long and you've not known me, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? In other words, Philip, the, God has been right in front of you the whole time. Philip, I can't believe that you haven't seen God, the Father, when you've been with me all this time. And guys, I'm going to tell you, there are so many people that miss this truth. That when you're, when you're with Jesus, you're seeing the Father. It is the Father at work in your life. It is the Father that's demonstrating His wonder. It's the Father that's showing His glory. In the next scripture in the next book of John, it says, And I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I, I come to thee, Holy Father, keep thine own name. Keep them through thine own name, those whom you've given me, that they may be one as we're one. And, and the glory which you gave me, God, I'm giving them. How awesome is that, guys? That, that when, you think it, when you think about knowing God, when you think about understanding the power of God, that Jesus is going, if you know me, you know my Father. Guys, there is no greater privilege. There is no greater revelation than that. That when you know Jesus as your Savior, you are connected with the wonder of the God of this universe. That the God of this universe is operative in your life and he demonstrates his wonder and his glory through you every day that you wake up. What an awesome God that is. Amen. So when we think about that, Jesus is the faithful witness to the wonder of God. And then secondly, Jesus Christ is the faithful witness to the works of God. The works of God. Not only did Jesus demonstrate who his father was through himself, but he demonstrates the works of God. And I love this. I just thank God for this. I really do. It's amazing to me what you find out in John chapter 5 and verse number 19. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, what does that mean? Pay attention, pay attention. I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself but that which he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also doeth the Son likewise. Notice the next scripture in John 9, 4. It says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. There come, the night's coming when no man will work. You know what Jesus is saying? I've got a limited time to show you who my father is. I've got a limited time to demonstrate to you how awesome our God is. While I'm incarnate in this body, while I'm on this earth, I've got to do what I've got to do while I've got time to do it. I've got to show you everything that I need to show you about my Father while I'm here with you. 
And I'm going to tell you, my friend, are you listening? You've got a limited time too. Don't waste your life. Don't waste what God is giving you. Don't waste your time on the, on the frivolous things of this world. Don't waste your time on things that don't matter. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Just like Jesus, when he was on this earth, he had a limited time to demonstrate to all of us the works of how awesome his Father was. When you think about it, and I, I just wanted to look at the next verse because Jesus answered and said, I told you, you believe not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But notice what he says. If I do not the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do, though, though you believe me not, believe the works. In other words, when you see me walking down the streets and you see the lame man and he can't walk and I tell him, Listen, take up your bed and follow me. And that man gets up and he takes up his bed and follows me. That's my father at work right there. When I, when I, when I hear people crying out my name and I, I ask them, what do you want? And, and they, they say, I just want to see. And he says, your, your faith has made you whole. Uh, when he gives sight to the blind and he makes the lame walk and he makes the dead rise and he casts out demons and he does all that, Jesus is saying, when you see me do that, you see my Father at work. And he says, greater things than this you shall see. You know what I believe, guys? I'm so thankful in our church. We're such a blessed church. Can I get an Amen that our altars come alive every time a sermon's preached, that there are souls that are saved, and there's the, the altars, the, the carpet becomes wet with tears, and people run down the aisle, and they give their life to Jesus, and they're, they're, trans, they're, they're translated from darkness to light, and their sins are forgiven, and, and the chains fall off their, their, their arms and their necks, and, and they're free, and all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you this, when we see God doing that, that's not just a work of some church, that's the work of our Father. Can I get an amen? And I look and see what God is doing. And Jesus is saying, when you see this stuff, when you see this kind of thing happen, you got to recognize, I'm showing you the work of my Father. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you this in our church? Don't you ever, don't you ever take for granted what God is doing among us. Don't you ever take for granted when lives are changed and marriages are mended and people that are broken are made whole and addicts are getting set free and lives are being changed and chains are breaking off people's lives and people that are hurt and people that are wounded are getting restored and the devil that robbed them of their joy, the joy is coming back in their life and all of a sudden you're seeing that. Can I just tell you this? That is the faithful witness of Jesus to the glory of our Father. Can I get an amen? That's what that's all about. We have to realize that what Jesus was doing, he was saying, man, if you want to see the Father, watch what I do. If you want to see the wonder of my Father, see how he operates. If you want to see the works of my Father, watch how I move. Watch how I love. Watch how I heal. Watch how I restore. Watch how I make them whole again. If you want to see God at work, you just watch what I do while I'm on this earth. And when I go back to heaven, you'll even do greater things than these to the glory of our Father. And that's a big deal, guys. So not only do we see the wonder of God and the works of God by the faithful witness of Jesus, but we see the faithful witness of Jesus to the Word of God. Amen. I'm telling you the Word of God. The Word of God will change lives. Amen.
The word of God will, make, will, will work in a person's life and their whole world will be changed. And I want you to notice in John chapter 14, in verse number 10, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the work. Have you ever noticed this? That in that passage of Scripture, Jesus starts off by talking about words. And he says, the words that I speak, the words that I'm de delivering unto you, the, the words that's happening. And then at the bottom of that verse, he says, he does the work. Do you know that when the word of God is preached, God will go to work? When the word of God becomes operative in your life, God will go to work. The Bible says that if you have faith but you don't have works, there's something wrong with your faith. When the word of God gets in you, you can't stay the same. When the word of God is operative in your life, he'll change you. Can I get an amen? amen. That's what the word of God does. If, if something's not happening in your life, if something's not happening in your life that's demonstrating these things, then there's something wrong with the detachment from the word. And I want you to notice in John chapter 1 and verse number 1 and 2, he says these words. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Watch this now. The same was in the beginning with God. Who is that? Who is that? He says the word was with God and the word was God and the word was in the beginning with God. Who in the world is that? Well, verse 14 tells you who it is. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know who that was, ladies and gentlemen? That was none other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus became the word of God incarnate and dwelt among us. So when Jesus spoke... It was God working there. When Jesus speaks, God goes to work. When Jesus says something, it's God saying something. So Jesus became the witness to the word of God. Every time he spoke, it was the power of God being released in our realm. That's why I tell people here, I don't have time to do a lot of other stuff here. My, my desire is not to just give you a poem and a joke. My desire is to deliver to you something that will change your life. Something that will reach down inside you and begin to stir something in you so that your life won't be the same. And I'm going to tell you, my friend, that is not a Baptist message. That is not a Methodist message. That is not an independent message. That is not a Pentecostal message. That is a God message. And when you get the word of God out there and God's word is going to get out there, the Bible says my word will not return void. It's going to accomplish that which I sent it out to accomplish. I believe that when we speak the word of God, I believe this, guys. I believe that when we speak the word of God, just like Jesus was the faithful witness of the word, I believe that when we speak the word of God, there is something supernatural that begins to happen. And what supernatural begins to happen, I cannot explain it myself. But I believe the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and starts moving in hearts and lives. And when God's Word starts moving in hearts and lives, then all of a sudden, there is something that's going to happen, y'all, that's going to involve every one of us. And this is where it gets to. This is where the nitty-gritty is. I've got to give it to you. I've got to hurry. But I want you to see this. 
Jesus Christ is the faithful witness of the will of God. The will of God. Now this is where I want you to go. Because there's a lot of people get jazzed up about the wonder of God. There, there's a lot of people that get all, all, all jazzed up about the work of God. You know, it's pretty cool to walk out on a beautiful starlit night and say, man, you know what? God set those stars in heaven. How many of y'all believe he did that? And it's pretty awesome to look and say, you know what? God planted that moon there and God set that sun there and God established those stars and he calls every one of them by name. And the, and the galaxies that he set out there and our minds can't comprehend the vastness of, of the universe. The, our minds can't wrap around that. God has set all that up and orchestrated that and we see all that. And every time a bird sings, it declares the glory of God. And every time a flower blooms, it declares the wonder of God. And you come to church and you hear somebody give a good word from God. And all those things we shout and we applaud and we hallelujah and we amen. But there is something, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus became the faithful witness to that separates the, the wheat from the chaff, separates the, the ones that are serious and the ones that are not. And that is when you get down to the will of God. Because the will of God is not always easy. The will of God is not always the hoopla and the shouting and the, and the wonder of all that. But I'm going to tell you, listen to what I'm going to tell you. The will of God gets down to the very depth of the valley that you're in. The will of God gets down to the nitty gritty of where you are. And I'm going to tell you, I want you to listen to me. Are you listening to me? Say amen. you got to hear me. In John chapter 4 and verse number 34, Jesus said unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to what? Finish his work. Now I want to stop right there and I want to tell you that there are a lot of people that are good starters, but they don't finish well. There's a lot of people that will shout hallelujah when they're on the mountaintop, but when they're required to walk through the valley, that's when they'll walk out. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, my, my purpose in life, the reason that I'm here, the reason that I've showed up is to witness. I want to be a witness to the will of God. And you know what? It was fun. Are you listening to me? Say amen. I, I believe it was incredible. I believe it was an incredible purpose and an incredible plan that Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ, with everything that was in me, I believe that he was born in a virgin's womb. Do you believe that? Say amen. I believe that was an exciting time when the announcement was made to Mary. Mary, your, your womb is special. Your womb is favored of God. Mary, the, the Spirit of God shall overshadow you and you will give birth to the very essence of who God is. There's going to be a supernatural birth coming out of a natural womb that, that Mary, you are chosen among women and you're going to give birth to a supernatural manifestation out of your womb. And, and oh my goodness, there's so much to talk about that. And, and I believe that. That's an exciting time. And I believe it was exciting when Jesus was in the temple teaching the, the Pharisees. And he walked in and he began, to, uh, he began to proclaim the word of God and give clarity like no man could ever give. And the Bible teaches us that no man spoke as he spoke. And he, 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 he gave education to those that were educated. And he enlightened those that thought they were enlightened. And he gave, he gave reflection of God to those that, that were religious. And uh, all those things that Jesus did. And I bet it was an exciting time 
when Jesus was walking through the streets and he was able to say to a lame man, take up your bed and follow me. It's going to be a good life. From this moment on, you're never going to be the same again. I bet it was exciting when he, when he knelt down and he spit in the mud and he wiped the mud on the blind man's eye and told him, go wash. And, and all of a sudden, his eyesight came back. I bet it was an exciting time when Jesus was there with the demoniac of the Gadarenes and the, the demon began to cry out, oh, don't send me into the deep. And Jesus commanded the evil spirits to come out of the man that was in the tomb, chained and cutting himself. I bet it was a, a great time, and I bet everybody applauded at that. Way to go, Jesus. I hear you. Way to heal the lame. and may, Way to make the, the blind see. And way to make, what about the time he called Lazarus out of the tomb after he'd been in the tomb for four days, bound with grave clothes? Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the tomb, and the astonishment of all that, the wonder of God, the work of God, the word of God. And then all of a sudden we find Jesus going, you know what, I just can't do this. This is not all there is to it. I got to finish what he sent me to do. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew that he went away again and he prayed a second time. He said, Father, if it be, if you can, if you, if it'd be okay with you, if it... If it's your will, take this cup from me. Uh, I don't want to drink this cup. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And what he was saying was, Father, I don't want to go to that cross. Uh, that's, that's the finish work. That, that's that's, that's all, all the wonder of uh, this, this whole thing, Father, of me coming to this earth to demonstrate your wonder, and me coming to this earth to manifest your word, and me coming to this word to declare your word is, is great, but God, Father, I, I'm not so sure that I want to sign up for that one. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I want you to understand this. Go back to that other one. I want you to understand this. Sometimes experiencing the power of red is not just always on the valley, on the mountaintop. Sometimes God says, you've got to walk through this valley. In order for me to promote you to where you need to go, you've got to finish this thing. You, you remember he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. You do know what Gethsemane means. The, the word Gethsemane means olive press. And when you study your Bible, you begin to understand the declaration of the Greek tense of that means that God put him in a place to crush him. And when God puts you in a place to crush you, when God says, if you want my power on your life, I'm going to have to put you in the olive press. When I put you in the olive press, it's not going to be pleasant. There's going to be times when you're going to say, God, I want this cup to pass from me. But I'm going to have to press you down until there's nothing left of you. The olive press means that you crush it. You, you put the pressure on until there's nothing of it left. Sometimes God wants to put you in a place to where he presses you so far down to where you want to cry and give up and walk away. But God says, no, that's not what this is about. I didn't send you just to enjoy the, the mountaintop. You're going to have to walk through this valley. I'm going to press you down until there's nothing left of you. 
when you get to that place, you will surrender yourself to me. And that's when you will say, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Because, God, I don't have a will no more. I don't have anything left. God, you have pressed everything out of me. And everything that was my desire, I don't even have no more. God, the only thing I know to do is cry out to you. And the word of olive press and the word Gethsemane means anointing. And I've had people say to me, oh, Brother Jackie, I want the anointing on my life. Do you even know what you're saying? When you say, God, I want an anointing on me, it means that God has the authority and the right to press you to where there's nothing left so that he can anoint you. And that's when people, and this is amazing to me, I've seen it over 36 years of ministry, God begins to want to do something in somebody's life, and you know what, it's fun serving God on the mountain, it's fun serving God in the wonder, it's fun serving God in the manifestation of who He is, and the glorious thing that He's doing, and it's fun doing all that, but when God requires you to walk in that valley of Gethsemane to say, no, it's not about you no more, I'm going to press you down so that you will see the manifestation of my power in your life, because I've got something greater for you in front of you. Sometimes God presses you in order to promote you. And Jesus is going, I want to, I want to be in this will. And here's the question before we move on. Do you really want that in your life? Because when you get to that place, that place in your life, that's when you've got a choice to make. Either you can, you can cut and run or you can stay and let God finish his work. And the Bible says in 2 Peter that God's not willing that any should perish. He's not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. But the Bible says he's long-suffering toward us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. People say to me all the time, Brother Jackie, why is God putting up with all this mess? Why is God tolerating all the evil in the world? I tell you why God's doing that. God's doing that to save another sinner just like he waited to save me. Now, you know what? This God, I want to say this to you. God gave us one more Sunday to be in this church he could have pulled the switch on all of us last night, but by his grace and his mercy, he didn't do that. And his will is that not any should perish. Now, if I was in charge of the switch, I'd have killed us all a long time ago. But thank God, God's not like us. Amen. He doesn't want any of us to perish. He loves us all. And if we're going to see the power of God, we've got to realize that part of that power is saying to God, God, I'm surrendering everything to you. If you want me to walk through this, I'm surrendering that to you. God, if you want to press me down, I'm okay with that. But you've got to realize that Jesus Christ is the faithful witness to that. But he's not only the faithful witness to the will of God, he's faithful witness to the way of God. The way of God. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you, if you're looking for a way to God, you will not find it in any other way except Jesus. There's no other way except Jesus. People will say today, oh, there's many ways to God. I'm going to tell you this. If they tell you this, they're a liar. There's no truth in them. For Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except he come by me. You want to know how to get to God? You want to know how to get your life changed? You want to know how to move from where you are to where God wants you to be? You want to know how? Then what you have to do is run to Jesus because he's the faithful witness. 
He shows you how to do this. He shows you how to experience the wonder of God. He shows you how to experience the works of God. He shows you how to exercise your faith in the Word of God. He shows you how to be in the will of God without quitting and without giving up. And He shows you the way to God. And that way to God is a way that will set you free. For whom the Son sets free, He's free indeed. And there's a bottom line that I wrote. When I wrote it, I went, Brother Jackie, that is so good. You, you remember when you go to the court, I don't know if you've ever been there. Maybe you have, maybe you hadn't. You had to give a testimony. And they'll set you up and say, okay, put your hand on the Bible. Uh, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. And you say, I do. And they say, take the stand. And I'm going to tell you, my friend, here's the bottom line. When you look to Jesus, you'll get the truth. You'll get the whole truth. And you'll get nothing but the truth. Because he is God. Not because somebody says he is. Because he doesn't need our endorsement. When you look to Jesus, you'll get the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth because he is God. And I want to tell you, I believe there's men and women here today that's searching for that truth. And I'm just going to tell you, there, there's a way to get it. And you get it through the faithful witness, and that faithful witness is Jesus. And I just want to say something to you before we, before we move on. If you tried... If you tried church and you tried religion and you tried even songs and you've tried whatever you may have tried, it didn't work, and you've tried this and you've tried that and it doesn't work, you still still seem to come up empty. Then I believe that God has ordained me today to say this to you. You can try all these things. You can try the symbols that look like Him. You can... You can try all the things that people say to try. Come and try this church. Come and try that. Come and try this. But my friend, let me tell you something. When you try Jesus, you will find the answer because he's the faithful witness. No matter what you're battling with, no matter what you're going on, no matter what you're going through, no matter what what you're experiencing in your mind, the battle that's in your mind, no matter what's going on, He is the faithful witness. He's the answer to the question. He's the rock that we stand on. He's the anchor that we hold to. He is the one. It's not about me. It's not about them. It's not about anybody else, but it's about Jesus. And all over this building today, I'm going to ask you if you would to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I'm going to ask you something. I sense in my heart that there's somebody here. I, I, I don't, I don't, and I, I have to tell you this. I, I believe there's somebody here that God's been speaking to. I, I want you to come. The ministers are going to come. And they're going to meet you here. They're going to come now. But my friend, Jesus is faithful. He, he will not disappoint you. 
So today, if, if that's you, maybe you've never asked Jesus in your heart. Maybe today you would say, Pastor, I want to do that. Maybe you're here today and you're looking for a church home. And you go, I want to be a part of this church family. We want you to come. But I want you to do something else. If you're searching and you've got issues in your life, why don't you come to this altar and pray? Just come and just pray. So right now with nobody standing except you, you want to come, you come. Stand and come. Come right now. Just come. People are coming. You come. Your moment with God. Your moment with God. Your moment with truth. You come. You come. God bless you. Others, just come. Just come. As God moves, you come. You come. Randy, if you'll just start singing.